What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Against the Grain. Got another good one for y'all today. Y'all saw the title. Basically just sat down with a lot of the most influential women in my life, a lot of the women in my family, and we just had a conversation about a few different things. So um, we're going to pray real quick, and then I'm going to just let y'all listen in on that. So if you would. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to share what it is you placed on my heart. I just pray, God, that you open the hearts, minds, and ears of all the listeners, that they may receive what is about to come forth. And I pray, God, that they are able to take something from it and apply it to their life, God. And I just want to take time right now to intercede and pray, God, for every woman, every daughter, every sister, every mother, every auntie, grandma. Every woman, God, under the sound of my voice, God, every woman, God, that you have that you have made, God, I just pray a special blessing and protection over all of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to just let y'all hear this. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Here we go. Okay, so welcome to the next episode of Against the Grain. Um, got another good one for y'all today. Um, here with the family, like y'all said, like y'all seen in the title. Um Really looking forward to doing this. Been talking about this with my mom for a while, so I'm just going to let all these great and beautiful black queens introduce themselves, and then we'll just get right into the conversation. So we'll start with um, the matriarch, uh, my grandmother. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good evening. Whenever you might be hearing this. <laughs> my name is Paulette Williams, or Paulette Brown Williams. Akil is my grandson. His mom is my second oldest daughter. I have four children, two sons and two daughters. I'm Lisa. I'm Kill's mom. And I have two girls and two boys. And Akil is my oldest son. I'm Robin Jones. I am Akil's aunt. And I am the mother of one son. My name is Jenna Brown. I am Akil's cousin by marriage, but cousin for real. Um, and I have one girl and one boy. I am Lee Dominique Rhodes. I am Akil's aunt. And I'm not a mother yet. I am Cherish Peebles. I am Akil's cousin. And I have one boy and one girl. I'm Akila. I'm Akil's younger sister. And I'm 22, have zero kids yet. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Not that please, 22 and no kids. Yes. Um, That's a rarity. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, Bless Jesus. And just talk about um, just a, a few different topics, all having to do with um, the importance of women and from family hierarchy to um, gender roles in society throughout different um, periods of time to just each one of these great women own personal experience, just entering into womanhood, motherhood, sisterhood um, in life. Um, so with that being said, uh, Mama, Paulette, Miss Paulette, um, uh, I think just being the matriarch, I think it's only befitting that I address the first question to you. Um, how does it feel? to you personally, just as the matriarch of the family, to know that you're the progenitor of all you see here? How does it feel to know that all of this that we're sitting in came from you in some way, shape, form, or fashion? What does that feel like? Mm. The feeling is, um, there are no words to express it. But I do want to back up a little bit. You called me Mama, mm. and it was my desire not to be called Grandma. 
So my first oldest grandson, I knew if I taught him mama, mm -hmm. everybody would follow. And that's what happened. Yeah. It was a bargain I made with myself mm -hmm. to, if he knew me as mama, all y'all would know me as mama. Mm -hmm. And your question again, son. <laughs> so how does it feel to know that all of us, all of this like came from you, to know that this is a result of your life? Um, I'm very, very full of pride. Um, I cannot tell you, I don't have the words to explain it, but I would have never imagined the greatness that came from you all through this, through my living. And I, I don't take it for granted. And I just believe all that you, are, you all are doing, what my children are doing, my grandchildren are doing, the little bit that I was able to give any one of them, they had something to pass on to you all. Which is a good segue um, into our next one. Um, which I'm gonna talk to Auntie Robbie and Mom, like just being my being my mother, um, and you y'all being the baby boomers. Um, I, I feel like you guys are like the piece that connects us all together, being that um, our connection to Mama and the older generation is through y'all being our parents, and then to the younger generation, like y'all are our parents and grandparents and so on and so forth. So, just to ask y'all, um, what are what were some things that were passed on to y'all? Um, that y'all can share, whether it's on like, a, like that you've noticed that you wanted to pass on to your children. And if you could think of some things that you may have um, experienced or observed that you didn't want to pass on, like what was it like seeing the transition and being old enough to comprehend the transition um, just through time? What was that like for each of you from a motherhood perspective, I say? <clears throat> One thing that mama did, um, our environment, our house, our home, even though, you know, we had went through things and did different things, we always knew home was a safe haven for us. I, I can say from my experience, <clears throat> to me, home was always a safe haven because I knew no matter what I was dealing with, I know if I got home, it's another story. If I'm fighting with some girls outside, let me get home to my brother and find, and you know, like, mama... Your home was your heaven. And so, but the, my mother created that atmosphere and environment to make me feel like that. That didn't come from nobody outside. So that was one of the things that I took away from that experience was that it's about the woman. And she sets the tone. She sets the rhythm of the house. She sets the, you know, the energy of the house. A child, a, a mother... A woman is a child's pulse to the world. Mm. So if the mother's pulse is weak, if the mother's pulse is not strong, whatever the mother's pulse is in the family, in the not the family, in the house, that affects the child. That affects how the child shows up in the world. Mm -hmm. And so mama was a, had, had a strong pulse. I got more responsibility than Rob. Why? Because I was the oldest daughter. So it's a lot of things Rob didn't even have to deal with. Why? Because they were gave, given to me. Those were, that was my responsibility. So because I was in my place, it was certain things that, certain conversations mama didn't even have to have with Rob. Mm -hmm. Because I was the oldest daughter. 
So that fell on me. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I took away. Um, I also took away, you don't let nobody come in your house and disrespect your house. I don't care who it is. You don't let nobody come in your house and let any of your children feel uncomfortable. I don't care who it is. I always feel like I can go to mama and talk to her about anything. Um, didn't always do it, but she made me, she let me know it was, the door was open to do that. Um, that was one thing I, t I took away. So, those were some things that stood out in my mind. Um, what about you, Auntie Robbie? Um, just comparatively, growing up in the same household, like what was your experience as far as things you, you noticed and took that you wanted to make sure you made a point in your household with your son or just in general? It was uh, always to make a sacrifice. Mama, we, we saw her constantly making a sacrifice, you know, and putting us first mm -hmm. before herself mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So when it came time for me to, you know, have my son, mm -hmm. that was one of the things I know that um, kind of helped me to, you know, know how to be a mother, you mm -hmm. know, because it was about making a sacrifice and Mama showed us that uh, we were her life. Mm -hmm. And then whatever she wanted to do for herself personally came second. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that she did. I mean, that was prevalent, is that she continued to make a sacrifice and put herself, you know, after us. Mm -hmm. And that helped me, that cultivated me in motherhood. Mm -hmm. What's you know? Oh, Jim. I just want to say looking... From the outside looking in. So coming in as a married into the family. Mm -hmm. What I see from all three of them, and this is not in a bad way. This is totally mm -hmm. just, I love it. Um, is that all of you guys put your kids on a pedestal. All of you. I've never heard anything negative about any <laughs> of these kids. Don't None of them. You know what I mean? No matter... How you feel about what they did, whatever, you always put them here. And no matter what any outside person could say to them, they never felt anything below what you guys, where you guys placed them. And I personally seen that, love, love that. Because all of you guys... Akilah over there shaking her head. Because all of you guys have this, this aura with you like, I can do anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've never seen any of you not do something, not put your mind to something that you have not accomplished. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from you as her daughter, you as her daughter, and them as your kids, and even AJ. You know what I'm saying? Lee, same thing. I That's what I see from the outside coming in. Sorry. Um, I know you, Keela, you were shaking your head. So <laughs> being the daughter, you know, would you say that's, did you... Yeah, I know that's, me, yeah. that's definitely the truth because can't nobody in this world tell me I'm not good enough. Mm. I can't do something. Because mm. mm. what? <laughs> <laughs> My right. mom already you, told me. You don't. You must not know who I am. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm the daughter of Lisa Sanders. Right. Yeah. I can do anything I want to. Mm. I will can be anything that I want to, and you can't tell you me can't differently. No. Period. Right. right. Yeah, I completely agree. I talked to you about that yesterday. Uh. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I'll say that's also my experience, too, growing up. Like, I always felt like I had, um, like, I was equipped, like, I've affirmed enough. I 
you know. And even then, like I've always noticed just that um, my mom did a lot for all of her children. Like we were her life. Like to the point where Keely probably attested this. I didn't even see you didn't even to my experience, Keely, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. If you remember something I don't, but you didn't even have a lot of friends. Not because you weren't friendly or didn't have them, but because us as your children were your whole life. So just seeing that that's something that came first. And I think it bore fruit and that two of your children just graduated from college and um, one is about to and Sam was in high school and AJ now has a beautiful family, Auntie Robbie, and same thing with the rest of, you know, the grandchildren. I think, it, you know, it bore some positive fruit, but just hearing that that was something that y'all got from way back before we were in thought of. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely something that we're going to do with our children, even that we've already seen, you know, mm -hmm. with Sebastian and Addison. And it's, it's infectious. And that's it one really thing I is. like because, you know, Sebastian, Addison, they're like two of my younger cousins, um, Cherish's daughter, and then my cousin Kim's um, son. We would all do anything for them and put them, you know, mm -hmm. think them just as highly. And they're what, seven and eight, seven and nine? Seven um, and seven even my little brother Samuel, same thing. Um, so, yeah. So just to segue like into the next one, just uh, what role did... Um, I guess sisterhood play, because um, Ma, I remember you talked about uh, how you got a little bit more responsibility than Auntie Robbie. Um, what kind of responsibility? What did that look like? Like, what role did sisterhood play? And even Lee Dominique, like I know you, you, you guys are sisters, um, but not really with the same, you know, parental unit. So, what is how was that sisterhood maintained between all of you guys? And what was it like for y'all just being sisters? And then after that, I'm going to address the question to Cherish. I know you have sisters. Jenna, do you have any sisters? I really don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the only girl. Okay. So I know, Cherish, you have sisters as well. So I'll address the same question to you okay. afterwards. So, yeah, what was the sisterhood aspect? Well, I, uh, I was like the caregiver when Mama wasn't there. Mama mm -hmm. worked. So, okay, you know, I had to make sure... That stuff in the house was done. All of us had our responsibilities. I had to make sure it was done. If something needed to be done, then Mama would call me and I would get it done. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know, the caregiver of Rob and T. Mm -hmm. And we all took her a T. But, you know what I'm saying? That's my uncle T. You were the youngest. But I would give the... Hey, Rob would take her a T more than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have give her tea to take care of while I do other stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they would, she would take, keep him together and all that. So that's how that worked. Well, Lee Dominique, it always grieved my spirit that I didn't understand why in most black families, kids are closer to their mom's side of the yeah, family than their dad's side of the family. So I said, when my brothers have kids, that was not going to happen. You know, like I was going to. I was gonna make sure they knew his, they knew the dad side of the family as well as the mom side. That's kind of how I started. I would go get the lead on my own when he was born. Um, I had I started talking to the mother. I had a relationship with her, not a relationship, but I had a conversations with her so that I can have that relationship where I can go get him anytime I wanted, and I did. When it came to Lee Dominique, um, it's a lot of women too, but I wanted to know my sister. I wanted to know how she was. I wanted to know what was going on with her. Um, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. To be honest, I hated my father. Um, and I didn't want the relationship that I had with him. When I knew he had, when I knew that he, that 
he had a girl. I cried. Mm. When you know he had and another daughter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not because he has another daughter, because I knew what my relationship was with him. Mm-hmm. And I did not want him to have the same relationship with, with her. And the only way I could know that, it was what if I had a connection with her mm-hmm. outside of him. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I connected with her. Because when she was first born, they didn't live. Oh, did y'all live here? I was in Texas. Really? She was in Texas. So that just, she ain't here. I can't see her, touch her, don't know. You know, that, like, that really took a toll on me. So when they did move, I was so happy because it gave me the chance. At least I know what's going on. I would go get her. She used to write stuff in her journal. I used to read it. And she was talking third person. I'm like, well, She's talking to the third person, but I really think it's her. You know, like, you know, I'm like, I wanted a relationship. I wanted to know what was going on. And I remember my daddy divorced his wife. They was going through divorce, and he told me he wanted custody of her, full custody. And he wanted me to testify on his behalf. I said, no, I won't be doing that. As a matter of fact, I'm going there and telling what kind of, please don't get her him. You know, like, I was like, devastated. No, we, you not finna do that. So, yeah, but I wanted a relationship with her. I wanted her, you know. I wanted to know who she was. I wanted her to know me. And I think my view as being a sister is first that I was technically we're half siblings, but it was never spoken of. Like I'm my mom's only child, but I always say I have a sister and people are confused. Like there's no half. I never felt that. I never had an awkward energy in even in the entire family. I'm a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always experienced that. It's unique because me and my sister have such a significant age difference. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of her sister, but I'm a little bit of her daughter because mm-hmm. me and Little Lee were the same age. Mm-hmm. So everything she was doing for him. For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's born in August, so I'm born in June. So um, everything that she was doing for him as an aunt and trying to instill in him or whatever he was doing or into, then I was into the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So me and Lee, even though that's my nephew, he was more like my brother Mm -hmm. because she was mothering us even though I was a sister. Mm -hmm. And I want to add to that, she needed to protect you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was thinking the same Mm -hmm. thing. I need to say that. Okay. So what about you, Auntie Robbie? What was your sisterhood experience? Um, It was, like Lisa said, it was... um, more so uh, out of protection, protecting me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we Claire, never did. I'm about to say, oh, she she did <laughs> and she fought for me <laughs> um, uh, several times. But um, it was more so, you know, she had, we were, it was a protective mm-hmm. um, nurturing. Like she said, mama was, you know, working all the time. And so she uh, took the initiative to, you know, do those motherly things, mm-hmm. sisterly things and and so we um we we had that closeness, however, I felt like when we started with the different schools and all that, we mm-hmm. kinda mm-hmm. It, it, it left a, our, our relationship kinda like a strained. Mm-hmm. Strained. Okay. You know, and so, you know, but other than that, you know, we, we really um she was like a protector. Okay. You know, a nurturer. Being always. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cherish, what was your what would you say your sisterhood experience was like in growing up with your sisters? So I'm technically, I guess, the middle child. There's mm-hmm. four of us. I have a brother who's older. Um so between me and my little sister there's seventeen months and but between me and my older sister is eight years. Mm-hmm. So with my little sister, we were tight. Um I actually was more so we were really in church mm-hmm. and so 
I would say I was the more churched one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, whatever mom said, that's what I went with type mm-hmm. situation. Not to say my sisters didn't. So um, the way I kind of rode through life kind of mm-hmm. differed for me. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when I'm getting older, um, my older sister wasn't really in the house. Mm-hmm. So, for me, sistering was me taking care of my little sister Mm -hmm. and trying to make sure she was on track. Whereas, Mm -hmm. me personally, I'm like straight and narrow, straight Mm -hmm. and narrow. And my little sister, you know, them babies sometimes can go, Mm -hmm. she was, uh. So, it's so funny because now, when you look at our relationships, me and my sister, my older sister, we're the best of friends. You can't separate us. We're, what you doing, huh? Where, who, what, where, when, why? Whereas, even though I'm still close with my little sister, that relationship is a lot. It's different. It's not... When we were younger, we were thick as thieves. But now, I'm, me and my older sister are thicker because we look and we go a different way. Like, we mm-hmm. kind of walk a different walk, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think for me, sistering, um, it just changed. Mm-hmm. So, the, my role changed in each, each of their lives. So, I'm also always a sister even now that when something's going on, when, when you need something, I'm the one to call. Mm-hmm. You know, so they look at me, we laugh, and they be like, yeah, she's really the, you know, they'll look at me and be like, oh, she's the oldest. You know, because that's just the kind, I just, I take it, I take it and go. You give me something, I'm going to go with it. I'm mm-hmm. going to make sure and make it happen. So, I've always been the make it happen sister, so regardless like of whichever way. Okay. Yeah. So, Akila, um, my sister, of course. Um, what was it like for you, just being like a sister to two brothers, and then of course Samina and Kay? Um, what was your experience like um, being a sister and then a younger sister at that? What was that like for you? Um, my experience being your sister, uh, I enjoyed it because I had two great people to look up to. Cause like, oh wow, they're doing all these great things, and I know. If they can do it, I can do it. And they laid out the path so perfectly for me. Even if I didn't always want to follow it. It was like, (laughs) since I am kind of the most out there of the children. (laughs) She has blue hair right now. She got blue hair right now. She's a free spirit. Yeah. I'm definitely the most out there. And I'm way more confrontational than my other siblings like I have no problem getting into it with anybody <laughs> it was just <laughs> you're your mother's child yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm definitely my mother's child and like having like my older siblings be more calmer is like them leveling me out basically mm-hmm. and it's like okay they're not gonna go there with you so I'm gonna keep it calm for now. <laughs> Just don't but take I'm it too far. <laughs> but yeah, I think we definitely balance each other out. Mm-hmm. All of us, we do. So one thing I'm noticing just from which hearing all that together, um, that's just one thing I'm noticing and that I agree with and I've experienced from my own thing. Like um, all the women in the family are naturally protectors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just as sisters, as mothers, as cousins, just as women in general, you guys are all protectors of, of, the, of the people you love and the relationships that you care about and want to nurture, um, which people normally think of like the men and the males as protectors mm-hmm. um, for the family. But that's a characteristic that all of you guys have and, and share, um, which is kind of what I want to segue into next. Um, 
as far as relationships like with men, with fathers, with brothers, um, significant others. Um, and then just a couple, just like a, a dash of like intermingling and mixing generations. Um, how did, like mom, you were talking about your relationship um, with your dad and Lee Dominique, also uh, your father. How do you think that played a role into how you, how you deal with men, whether it was my dad, Samina's dad, um, how you raised your sons? Um, what did your relationship with your father um, how did that affect the way you interact with with men? Um, it 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 affected me in a major way. I didn't have a relationship with my father, um, and so I saw who he was and tried not to get that. I didn't want mm -hmm. that. I didn't want who he was. If anybody had any characteristics like my dad, he was automatically mm -hmm. you know. Even to the point, let me tell you how bad it was. If you were light skinned, I didn't like it. So your dad was light skinned? My dad was light skinned. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for light skinned men at all. And a lot of them had a lot of the characteristics of my dad. Mm -hmm. So that was a turn off to me. Mm. So, yes, it, it affected it affected my relationships in a major way. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I was able to like connect the dot that, oh, that's why. That's why. Mm -hmm. Then things began to shift. I still didn't date light-skinned men. <laughs> <laughs> but that change that. That out or whatever. I probably would never be with one. But my point is that was that you know that just kind of ruled everything, you know. And so yeah, it did. It did affect my relationship. So what about Julie Dominique? Um, it impacted me in a major way. He, my dad was more in my life, I think, than any of my other siblings. But it always perplexed me that I have a mom and a dad who are actively in my life. But as I started navigating through relationships, it was as if I was someone who had no father. Mm -hmm. And I never could co connect the dots. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and I was in some of the most unhealthy relationships, the toxic relationships, I had to figure out where the why came from. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't his he was there physically but he wasn't present yeah. and when he was present it was the high parts of life a birthday a mm -hmm. gift money it was transactional so i did i wasn't fulfilled in the pieces that i needed to be fulfilled so then i naturally gravitated towards the most unhealthy relationships that i could so then i had to kind of go back and say yeah i did have a dad growing up but it didn't impact me enough to change the type of relationships that I had. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to kind of put those pieces together and, you know, fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. So, Auntie Robbie, um, be it that you have one child, a son, how did your relationship with your father affect you? And um, comparatively, how did it affect the way you wanted to raise your son? Well, I um, can remember early in age having a very closeness uh, to my dad. Mm -hmm. We were twins, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, and I guess mama would work and that kind of, you know, allowed me and my dad to, you know, be close. Mm -hmm. And so he actually, you know, instilled a lot of foundational things within me. Mm -hmm. And so when mom and dad divorced, you know, I was kind of like felt lost because he was the one that, were giving me those foundational things. Not that Mama wasn't, mm -hmm. but she was. Uh, she yeah, she was working, and so me and my dad just had that closeness. So when they divorced, I was devastated mm -hmm. because he was my rock, and so I was you know felt like that was where I was getting the most of my 
you know, nurturing from. And so over the years, we kept the relationship, but it was not the same. Mm -hmm. But he, you know, was a symbol of stability, mm -hmm. you know, and he taught me, you know, ethics, you know, just doing things the right way and why you're doing things. I mean, just a lot of mm -hmm. uh, foundational things. And so um, that was what, you know, one of the things that I would, you know, wanted to instill in AJ. Mm -hmm. Stability, mm -hmm. you know, and a good character. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I learned being in a family where we, you know, went to church, but we didn't live church, mm -hmm. you know. So one of the things that that was another thing that I wanted to instill in AJ was mm -hmm. living the Word of God, having a relationship with with God, mm -hmm. and allowing that to be foundational. So my dad was not so much about you know he didn't contribute a spiritual aspect, but he did contribute, you know, a lot of you know just being a good person and mm -hmm. you know and uh, being obedient and. Mm -hmm you know, work ethic, you know, I believe that's where I got my work ethic from, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and so that was, those are things that I wanted to teach AJ, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah, he was, uh, and you would think because of how we, he was, you know, not, I won't say in and out, but we didn't have that consistent, once they divorced, you know, you wouldn't think, but that impact was still there, I would mm -hmm. still talk to him, mm -hmm. you know, on a regular basis, I would go to his house, me and T, you know, and so, um, there was still, we were able to still maintain that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really a surprise, I believe, to a lot of people because when I started, you know, when he became ill and I was taking care of him, a lot of people was like, because they didn't realize, you know, we had that closeness and we had that relationship. So mm -hmm. they were kind of surprised that I, you know, that I did that. But, you know, I feel like that's what you do for parents, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and it was no way, you know, once he got sick, I was going to allow him to just be sick by himself. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Kim? What? It's interesting, Lee Dominique just said her experience with dad, with her dad, well, with our dad. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I married our dad. Mm. Mm. Your dad was in the house. Mm -hmm. He worked all the time. He did. He did work a lot. Yeah. It's interesting, I, I've gone on like five years of trauma therapy just from toxic relationships and different experiences that I had. And one of the things that I've learned is that that's what we do. Yeah. When we don't realize whether it's a big T trauma like physical abuse or sexual abuse or something like that or a small T trauma like a divorce of parents or an uh, uh, inconsistent parent or anything like that, we internalize it. And... Oftentimes, we may be conscious enough to be aware of what those negative attributes are. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do the work to unpack it, then we repeat it. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I first started dating, my mom and my dad, they had a toxic, physically abusive relationship. Yeah, that was my first relationship. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand why. But it was because I had no conscious awareness of it. But it was internalizing me that this is what I need to do. So, we have to really, like, unpack the nature of those relationships with parents um, and family members so we can kind of see those pieces so we don't repeat it. That's one important thing that you said about the physical, because my dad was very physical with my mom. I remember not knowing at that time why the fight was happening, but he actually pulled a gun out on my mom and I, mm -hmm. I was the one that stopped him. And mm -hmm. she said, that's it, I'm done, you know. 
but I knew what I didn't want in relationships, but I didn't know what I wanted. Mm. So I knew what to stay away from, but at the same time, not realizing what other stuff, like the fighting all the time, that he's never there. Like, my dad was there. Mm. He was there until I was 13. But he was never there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then every time they were together, it was a fight. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't good. It was only good when he wasn't home. Mm -hmm. When he was on the road doing whatever he was doing, we were good. You know what I'm saying? And I was the only girl. My brothers were more like, like my dad never whooped me. He always whooped them. Mm -hmm. Never, never whooped my mama. Did now? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> mama got on me, but he never whooped me. And my mom was. She always thought that it would be my brothers that would stop it. But I was just like. You, like I'm looking at you about to hurt my mom like I'm not going to let you do this I don't care and I'm like stop it whatever it doesn't matter but I didn't know what I wanted in a relationship so I did get into a lot of toxic relationships in whatever ways so when I met Lee it was still toxic because he was dealing with stuff and I was dealing with stuff that I wasn't unaware of because I knew what I did. And I thought I knew what I wanted. Like, if I don't have a man that's abusive, that's what I want. But that's not what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? What do you want? It took, I'm going to tell you, and we had this conversation over the summer. It was like within the last two to three years that we actually found out what we wanted. So now, yeah, we're very happy. Like, I can say we were happy before, mm -hmm. but like, we're very happy. Like, there's still stuff that we got to work on, but... I didn't realize how much that relationship with my dad impacted mm -hmm. my life. I just knew what I did not want. But I could not voice mm -hmm. what I wanted. But you answered my next question before I was going to ask oh. you. So I like, yeah, um, that's what I was going to ask y'all too. Um, just on like the other, the other end of the spectrum. Like how did y'all's relationship with y'all's fathers affect, you know, how you guys went about marrying my cousins? You know, me and AJ, them two knuckleheads. Like what... You know, how did that relationship affect, I guess, your dating relationships and ultimately lead you to the husbands that you guys have chosen for? So I guess I'll ask you now, Cherry, since oh. Jenna just answered. Um, so for me, my dad, um, I would say my sperm donor. That's the mm -hmm. way I refer to him. I'm just going to be honest. So mm -hmm. he and my mom were married, you know, all me and all my brothers and sisters, you know, it is what it is. And so I don't have... A relationship with him and mm -hmm. for the longest I didn't think I was bothered by that you know mm -hmm. I didn't think it was an issue because um, when my mom was pregnant with me mm -hmm. um, she had a set of friends mm -hmm. and um, of her sets of, of her set of friends um, I have a godfather mm -hmm. and a godmother and they've been married for 50 plus years at this point so that was my dad. Mm -hmm. That's always been my dad. He gave me away at my wedding. I had, um, I felt like I had repaired or established enough of a relationship to allow my sperm donor to officiate my wedding. So mm -hmm. we allowed him to do that. But I didn't feel like he had the honor of being able to give me away. Mm -hmm. um, because I felt like that is for a man who has been there for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I allowed my godfather, and so in watching my godfather, how he treated me as his daughter, he don't, he's never referred to me as a goddaughter or, you know, mm -hmm. he refers to me, that's my baby. And he'll tell anybody, that's, that's my baby. Like, I'm the baby of the children. Mm -hmm. So 
me watching him and, you know, I thought I was good. Mm -hmm. But what I did realize was leading up, even in going in the relationships prior to AJ, um, I felt like I kind of just was there. You know, mm -hmm. I just wanted someone to love me. I wanted someone to yes. care for me. I didn't, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that, then when I sat down and I really talked to somebody and it was like, that's like you say, the trauma of mm -hmm. not having, not having the dad there. So yes, I had my godfather there. Love him to death to this day. Love him mm -hmm. to death. However, I didn't live in a house with him. Mm -hmm. You know, I seen him on the weekends or, you know, whenever that was. But when it came down to it, I didn't have a father figure in my house. Mm -hmm. So the relationships was me wanting and longing for someone to love me and to I just give in to me more than, you know, what I would think I, I needed or wanted. But um, once I, I think it was after I really had finally gotten to a space in my head where I was like, I don't need a man to do this. Now, at that point, I'm raising my son on my own. I was really like, I don't need this. Is, I don't need to keep jumping from relationship to relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, I had made that decision. I was working on myself, and then AJ came along. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it kind of was like God saying, here you go. Mm -hmm. You've done, you know, you're doing what I need you to do, so now I'm going to give you somebody who can help you along and continue on to the path that I need you to get through and to, because it, it was, like I said, it, it was difficult not knowing, you know, just everything that you, we've already said, you know, mm -hmm. just not understanding that this is what you needed. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just reenacting that trauma, rather you know it's a trauma or not. Mm -hmm. So. So, um, Akila, I know you're not married or nothing, right? <laughs> not Last be. time I checked. <laughs> Last time I checked. Oh, you'll know. It'll be um, an extravagant okay. thing. <laughs> I expect nothing less. Um, but how would you say your relationship with our dad has affected um, just the type of relationships you've been in or how you interact with with men just being a 22-year-old? Um, honestly, I feel like because my mom and daddy were basically to me they've been divorced our whole lives <laughs> even though they weren't wow. mm -hmm. but to me they've been divorced their whole lives and like because me and daddy did have like a good relationship even though he wasn't there all the time and like I was still a daddy's girl mm -hmm. so That's I did cute. hang out with him a little bit more than usual mm -hmm. because Yes, he would miss key things in our lives, and then to make up for that, we would spend a day together. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of not there, but like, you're kind of there right. at the same time, too. Mm -hmm. But um, seeing, I don't know how daddy's relationship with mama in, impacts me, but his relationship with the women that he deal, dealt with after my mom mm. definitely affects me because... Before, after mom, he had a bunch of girlfriends that were around for, what, <laughs> two weeks, two weeks, a month, three months, and wow. when I started dating, I was like, you got until you get on my nerves, and then you're out. Right. first time you get on my nerves, I'm on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 
I was talking to somebody three weeks in, you gone. Three weeks in, you gone. <clears throat> you you get to stay for a month, you get to stay for two months, and then you gone. So it's like I saw my dad do that with other women. So I feel like once you on my nerves, once you have out <laughs> overstayed your welcome, you're gone. So I was I feel like daddy's quick to get rid of women, I definitely <laughs> am quick to get rid of men. Like, mm-hmm. you can be cut off tomorrow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ain't well, mad at her. <laughs> I ain't mad at her either. Um, so, which brings up, it was interesting that you say that. Um, which kind of brings up, like, one of the next things I wanted to talk about. And I actually didn't. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> uh, makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> but, uh, For her, yeah. yeah. The relationship, just seeing how, like, um, a relationship with, because you said, like, y'all was going to day together when you would miss things. Our, like, there's no secret, especially in black families, that a daughter's relationship with her father is different from a mother's relationship with her son. And I don't know who coined the term or the quote, but I remember rewatching um, the thing with Sarah and Bishop and all that. And I think Bishop brought it back up and he said... Um, Mothers love their sons and raise their daughters. Mm-hmm. And conversely, fathers raise their sons and love their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to address that question to all, just address that topic, I guess, to all the mothers in the room. Um, how do you feel like, how do you feel in response to that statement in terms of loving, which I understand the, I guess, the complex behind mm-hmm. it. You know, women know what it takes to be a woman in this mm-hmm. world, so we have to instill that into your daughter. Um, but it's a different dynamic when it comes to the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is your response to mothers love their sons and raise their daughters? And is that something you feel like you've seen throughout your own life with your relationship with your son or daughter? Or if you have both, like, what are some differences you've noticed in your relationship with your son and your daughter? Auntie Robbie, I know you'll have a son, but just in your relationship with I Cherish and, um, yeah. like, even just how you went to raising AJ. Um, but for all the mothers, like, um, yeah, Ma. We talk, we have, we have this conversation a lot. Yeah, we do. Wait a minute. I'm the oldest. It, he didn't dress it. He didn't say about oldest. He said he dressed well, I want to go first because I need to, to digress back to your dad. Okay. Well, mommy, dad. you can do that. Can I answer okay. this question first? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring it home with you, mama. I saw... That's something that uh, me and Kill, we out... Well, I used to with Samina, yeah, too. We, 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 we used to have the conversation because... Yeah. Um, it bothered... It didn't really... Well, we it bothered me. To, yeah. yeah. To I, I didn't want to... Mm-hmm. Love my sons and raise my daughters. I wanted to love my sons and raise my sons. Mm-hmm. Love my daughters and raise my daughters. I didn't want to make a distinction. And this is my son. He's a male. He just graduated from college with a degree in engineering. What a black man that in our family that's here to support him. Mm-hmm. Who's at the table? Who's at the table? For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It wasn't important enough to them to be here. It wasn't. Cause if it was, if he was going uh at a playing football game at Top College, they'd be there. Mm. They'd be in the stands right now. Mm. If anything have to do with sports or something like that, they'd be sitting at this table at this podcast. But they're not here. Why? Why they not here? I don't understand it. 
So don't talk to me about all of that. We here as women. The men supposed to be at this table. Why? Because a black man and your family, young black man in your family. So I don't want him to have that example. He gonna be at the table. Sammy gonna be at the table. They had kids. They gonna be at the table. <laughs> but this is a part of where they were loved. They were loved, and we and we see results of it in their behavior. We love them. We didn't address stuff. We let it just, you know, nah, you don't want it. Yeah. And I don't want to do that with him and Samuel. And I don't want to do that with Samina and Akiva. Because we shouldn't be just here celebrating him as women. I know Lily was in Polar. I knew. I know he here in spirit. You know, I'm not saying they hard ain't here. But sometimes we, we need to physically see them. Physically. So, so talk about some of talk about some of the differences, um, because there are certain things that you can give your daughters, just because you're a woman that you can't necessarily give me, and then there are certain ways that um, I feel like a a, a, a young boy um, has to have from his mother that he really can't get from anywhere else. So talk about um, the similarities and differences in the things you gave your daughters versus the things you gave your sons. And then how you made sure that one never felt slighted, you know, in that difference in attention and affection and the difference in the different things that you gave them. Well. Because I personally feel like you did a good job of that, making sure none of us felt left out as older siblings and younger siblings, as boys and girls, as, you know, confrontational right. or, you know, kind of calm. Like, I feel like you did a good job at intentionally not making a distinction. But that doesn't negate the fact that there are certain things that a girl needs from her mother that a, a boy might not, and right. vice versa. And how you went about making sure we had those Budget. things. Well, you and Samina kind of, um, so I had, you and Samina were like were poster children. Uh, not to say that Kila and Samuel and Nikita wasn't, but. <laughs> Kila got a whooping every day, so what I tell you? Up to the age of three. No cap. Up to the age of three, she got a whooping every day. Every day. And got me a couple. <laughs> so, you know, to me, I read every book about being pregnant. I knew every stage. I was in La La Land when I had her. Blah, blah, blah. So you came out, I knew everything already. But y'all were, were such good children. And I said, okay, oh, I'll, Keela came along. I'm thinking she's going to be like Samina. What the fuck? <laughs> nothing like Samina. Not, like nothing like Samina and just in everything. Just my whole pregnancy. She, you know, she weighed them out. Just everything. It was so different. And so tried to raise her like, oh, can't raise her like I raised Samina. Right. Couldn't do the same thing to her. Same thing once Sam came along. He was totally opposite from Akita. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do the things I just thought and took from, you know, just knew. Oh, I could just do it because, you know, I get, mm -mm. Mm -mm. I had to hone in on each individual child and yeah. what you all needed. Right. And I had to get what 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 was clear. You knew your mama loved you, right? And you yeah. knew I ain't finna let nobody do nothing. You know, I'll take a bullet for you. I'll die for you. i kill a joker. If the joker say the wrong word in front of you, he gonna get got by me. You all know that. Nobody could. I wanted to make sure you all know that. All my siblings, I have a, I, all my siblings, all my niece and nephews, 
I have a different relationship with all of them, but all of them know that TT loved them and TT got their back no matter what. I needed y'all to know that even male, female, it doesn't matter. That's what I needed you all to know. And I just honed in on what mama did with us. Kept you busy. You know, education was important. You know what the criteria was. Y'all, they get mad at me because they say I'm too easy on uh, Addison and uh, Sebastian. Because yeah. I would never got away with the stuff they get away with. You know, just certain things was just non-negotiable. You in this family, you're going to take care of one another, whether you like it or not. You're going to have each other back whether you like it or not. You're not going to disrespect each other. You know, it was just certain things that wasn't just no deal breakers. You in this house, you're part of this family. This is your responsibility as a person in this family. And I wanted to make sure all, you all were clear of that. Okay. To piggyback off of TT, one of the things that I make, made sure, my mom actually instilled in me, was to treat each child as individuals. They, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I have a boy and a girl. Of course, I can't treat one by the other because they are different, mm -hmm. you know. But, Ayana, like you said, Ayana knew she was loved. Rasana knew she was loved. Ayana, Rasana's my good child. Ayana, that's another key, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm telling you. Um, but I had to... When it came to Rasana, I knew... And, of course, you guys know that although Lee treats him like that as his child, I swear to God, I love him to get that. But that's not his biological father. His biological father was trash, period. Point blank, period. I hope you hear this because you trash. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, my head sent to him. But he was trash. He just was not... not like, me and him had a good relationship as far as us as friends, but as a father, he was just trash. He was not a good dad because he just was not there for them for anything, period. Um, and so when I taught Rasan, when he started getting into talking to girls, I was like, you need to be very honest with them. If this is not what you want, you need to tell them this is like, do not go into any relationship lying to a female, period. And then on the other side with Ayana, I'm like, you know, men grow you know, they're not as mature as women. So there's some things that you may have to deal with. It's going to be up to you to decide whether or not you want to deal with them and be like, you know, Keela will be like, you know what, you get on my nerves, got to go. That's okay. <laughs> she don't, you know, she don't deal. You start talking foolishness. She like, all right, you know what? I'm mm -hmm, done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Real quick. She does not deal with that. And I don't know if that's because she's seen um, some of the stuff that Lee and I went through. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because she has that. I really do think she has daddy issues, but she won't. Mm -hmm. You know, but she, she won't don't say that. that. Right. She's, She's not aware. Right. She's not aware. So I think it's more so that yeah, yeah. not one, not the abandonment, mm -hmm. not wanting anybody to let her down. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to my kids, they are individuals, although they are my kids. I, mm -hmm. I do, regardless, like Ayana's not in school anymore. She's, she, finally has a plan mm -hmm. i don't agree with her plan but mm -hmm. she got one you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying so i gotta give her that Rossine, he's about to graduate next year but i'm not gonna make her feel any less mm -hmm. of my child That's right. because her brother's about to graduate mm -hmm. i'm still gonna do for her right, on right. the level she's at yeah you know right. what i'm saying she probably ain't gonna get no new car like rob my head you know what i mean yeah. but you know yeah, right. i'm gonna still be there for you regardless so i feel like you can't have one child in another child's shadow each child has to be individuals they have to have their own personality you have to treat them as such and allow them to grow as such mm -hmm. that's my thought so auntie robbie um what have you noticed what do you feel about that statement about the mothers 
love their sons and, and raise their daughters. I know you don't have a biological daughter, but um, how would you um, respond to that in reference to your relationship and the way you raised AJ? Well, I actually, because he was an only child, mm -hmm. I felt like it was important to do both, mm -hmm. to raise him and to love him. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was like, you know, like a no-brainer mm -hmm. because I knew with him being an only child, I had to. And then his dad, although he was there, he was more so a provider, mm -hmm. you know, and there were things that. He mm -hmm. taught AJ, however, because I knew he wasn't getting, you know, the raising, you mm -hmm. know, uh, like a father with a son. I knew I had to do both. Mm -hmm. So I loved him and I raised him. I would say, too, not being a mother yet, as an educator, I see the narrative played out very often. Mm -hmm. Unpack that a little bit, please. So a lot of the, the I, I, I'm in elementary setting, so they're kindergarten and fifth grade a lot of the boys now especially in this particular generation are really coddled and really mm -hmm. spoiled and mm -hmm. given everything and not taught a work ethic mm -hmm. um and not really given consequences for things that they do that are mm -hmm. inappropriate or misbehavior oh, and a, a lot <laughs> of the boys that i see that have that are treated like that is just a single mom mm -hmm. so the mom is giving them everything doesn't really want to discipline them or if educators reach out, my son didn't do that. Don't talk to my son like that. But it's different with their daughters. Their daughters are automatically in trouble. The tone of their voice changes. Like it plays out heavily in education. And what it does is as our boys get older, their first experience with discipline is the juvenile criminal justice system uh -huh. as opposed to in their family. Yeah. And then we get a lot of girls who have similar experiences to me, toxic relationships, internalized trauma, anger, or they might even get into the criminal justice system as where if they had both, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't see it play out. And then I see a lot of young children that have like that kind of what you said, being rejected. They kind of mm -hmm. have that feeling and you see it perpetuate in their behavior and the way they interact in their communication. So it's definitely something that I see a lot. Okay. Um, Cherish, also being an educator like Lee Dominique and having a son and a daughter, um, what are your observations and how you decide to raise your son and your daughter? What's your response to that statement? So, um, as far as being an educator, I, Lee Dominique's in elementary, I'm in high school. Mm -hmm. So, I see the exact same thing. And the school I work in, with it being 97% Hispanic, you know, they're the boys. They they can get away with murder with their moms. Most of them get away with murder with their dads there. Um, but them girls, they're expected to come to school. They're expected to get the grades. You know, they're expected to do these things. So now they have an issue when the kids or the girls aren't doing what they need to be doing. And so it becomes that that becomes hard. You know, that's the struggle. I can call I can call Lisa's mom and say, Hey, Lisa's not doing such and such. But if I call Akil's mom, well, listen, Akil is having issues. He's not doing, but what, what are you doing to make sure that he's getting what he mm -hmm. needs to get? You know, certain situations like that. Those are the conversations that I'm having with parents. Mm -hmm. um, as a mom, I would say with my son, I was young when I had him. Mm -hmm. I had him in college. I got to college and I got pregnant. So, Mikhail was young. 
Um, I when I was young, there there's a twenty year there's literally twenty years different mm -hmm. between us. So I always say I grew up with my child. Mm -hmm. Like I was as I was growing up, as I was yeah as I was getting older, he was growing up. So I'm we're ra I'm raising him. But at the same time, I'm learning to become a mom. There are certain things, um, you know, it just kind of goes back to that whole question of, um, you know, what did you learn from your mom? Mm -hmm. And what did you want to instill? Mm -hmm. um, for me, because it was so churchy, I didn't want, mm -hmm. I, I wanted him to know Christ and I wanted him to have that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I was, I wanted, I pushed that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't push you have to be in church every Sunday. You have, you know, because that's for me. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Addison, she's a totally different child. Mm -hmm. Totally different. I, I, I like TT said with Samina, pregnancy was easy. With Mikael, pregnancy was easy. Addison kicked my butt. I ain't want number pancakes every day. You know. <laughs> so, if and so she's but education wise, Addison is like I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And Mikael was like that when he first started, but as he grew older, it was just like, listen, let me just get through with it, you know? So I'm like, now his senior year, and I'm like, sir, come on, let's go. I'm yeah. like, it's like cranking a car. Like, how much more can we keep doing? So um, I definitely will say that because I had a son for so long by himself, there's a 10-year difference between my children. Mm -hmm. I definitely loved my son. Mm -hmm. I and I and and I see that now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I like you can mm -hmm. I can see the difference. Mm -hmm. And so I even say there's certain things. There's certain days I just be like I'm not not today. Mm -hmm. I when it comes down to him. But I'm older, mm -hmm. and I'm wiser. So I'm I'm more willing to. Reach out for help, TT. What am I supposed to do with Addison? TT, you know, mom. Mm -hmm. What, you know? And so because you know, even with my mom, you know. But now I'm more willing. Whereas when I was younger, yeah. I was headstrong. Yeah. I wanted to do it myself. Don't worry about it. You don't want to deal with me and my child. I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm good. You because when I was pregnant, I wanted to go home. I wanted to. I, I I'm from Pennsylvania, so I wanted to go home and see my family while I was pregnant. My mom didn't allow me to come home. Mm -hmm. I didn't go home until Mikhail. I had probably just. I had. I, I had just finished my six week checkup. Mm -hmm. I went home because my uncle was sick. Mm -hmm. My favorite uncle, and he passed. Mm -hmm. Like so, I went home, and that's when my family knew I was with child, wow. <laughs> bringing home a child mm -hmm. because my mom didn't want me to come because home they were so because ready. I was pregnant. Because my my family is so they were you know my grandma and them they can be. Mm -hmm. Very critical. So mm -hmm. she didn't want to hear it. So because she didn't want to hear it, I didn't go home. Wow. So I didn't feel like I could just reach out and be mm -hmm. like, I need, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So because I didn't have it, I definitely know that I loved my son mm -hmm. because he was what I needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, it just goes back to that father, my too. father not being mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. I needed him to love me. And mm -hmm. I wanted the way I the way I loved him, I needed him to show that love. I needed my, my son. Mm -hmm. To show me that love because I didn't have that father, and, wow. and his father wasn't there mm -hmm. really. You know, his father was like, Well, let me give you the money for the abortion. No, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, it was, I'm not going to let you feel the way I felt mm -hmm. not having a father around. So let me love you and give you right. all mm -hmm. that I can give you mm -hmm. in this situation. 
And then AJ came in into our lives. Mikael was probably like four or five, mm-hmm. you know. So, it, so he's uh, AJ has been there for Mikael since mm-hmm. then. But you know, even in that, that's a relationship that had to cultivate. Mm-hmm. But even while when we when we were about to get married, um, we was driving in the car somewhere, and I can remember like it was yesterday. Mikael sat and he asked AJ. He said, "When you marry my mom." Will I be a people's too? Aww. And so AJ told him, if that's what you want, that's what you want. That is why Mikhail carries peoples as his last name because AJ adopted him. And AJ has never looked back. He Mikhail is his son. And it's so funny because you look at it and they do so they do so many things that are just alike. You look at him like, you sure? You know, like, that's like, 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 but you know, it that, but I definitely, I'm a mother who loved her son. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, that just brings up another aspect of it. And I think it just shows the importance of how all this is connecting and children going up in two-parent households. Mm-hmm. Because I can imagine it's a lot easier for a single mother or even a single father to do one or the other. Because I'm not even going to say loving your son and raising your daughter is necessarily a bad thing. Of course, I think you should love and raise both equally mm-hmm. and treat each child individually. But when there's a mother and a father in the household... You feed off each other. Exactly. And you can Balance. get that attention that you need from both your mother and your father. And then, you know, when, you know, there's that, that union, especially through marriage and stuff like that and that covenant, you can get that parental guidance in, like, raising your children mm-hmm. from both. So yeah. I just think it also speaks to the importance of... Picking the right partner and picking the right spouse. Yes. Um, just in the differences you pointed out when AJ was there versus when it was just y'all two. Um, so, yeah, and being able to grow up in a two-parent household. So, Mama, um, just to bring it all home with you, you had two boys and two girls just like my mom. What was it? What was your response to the statement and how you went about raising your sons and your daughters and loving them? Well, I need to preface all of this by you all are talking about the ideal situation, two-parent household. Yes. Because we still don't have two functioning parents. Mm -hmm. Because I believe a woman, she can't give a son what a man could give him. True. But she can put him in areas where he can be mentored by other men. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that you all are, I'm looking at it from a 73 year deal mm-hmm. and I see problems with all of it mm-hmm. and I know that I was always about whatever a girl is supposed to do she's going to know what a boy is supposed to do whatever a boy is supposed to do he's supposed to know what a girl you know having knowing how to change a tire knowing how to cook your breakfast mm-hmm. <clears throat> Boys need to know how to do that. Girls need to know how to do check, checking your oil, all that stuff. It, it's, you know, they mm-hmm. talk about 50-50. No, 100%. Mm-hmm. We have to give 100% of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the children have to have 100%. I still, I'm still saying the idea where you all are talking, <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. that ain't life. Mm-hmm. That is not life. Not always, no. Yeah. But we do the best we can. And you talking about how the small team is big team. That all comes from the home. If that parent doesn't have it, they can't give those children nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's not those children's fault. 
that they not where they should be or where they could be because that parent is not equipped mm -hmm. to give that child. I always say it don't matter where, what, how nothing goes. If they ain't getting it at home, they can't get it. And I think that speaks to bottom the, line. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think that um, speaks to the importance of, and another reason why when talking to my mom, we wanted to do this podcast to just get the insight um, and to just make sure the knowledge and stuff is, 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 is people aware of that because when you don't know your history, you repeat it. Yeah. And I think talking about it and addressing it is a big part of breaking those general, generational curses. Mm -hmm. um, so down the line, we can have ideal situations all the way around the table. Sure. Right. All the people sitting at the table, my great-grandchildren, however many years from now, they want to sit down and do a podcast. Every person at the table is going to come from a two-parent household where they right. had two functioning parents right. that loved and raised them both. And of course, nobody's perfect. There are still going to be like oh. different things that people dealt with. But the trauma, it's all little T trauma mm -hmm. from, oh, I wanted a car when I was 16 and, and I didn't get one. <laughs> Not, you know, I was molested when I was five. Yeah. You know? So that's I think that's... Big T, booty. Right. I think that's a part... I think... That's why having these conversations is important so we can address those things. So years down the line, the next generation can start further than the previous one. Mm -hmm. And eventually we're all in ideal situations mm -hmm. because it's possible. Yes. But it takes intentionality. It takes work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen just by happenstance. Oh, right. yeah. It has to be something that's manifested. Yeah. Um, so just one more question um, on the family thing. And then we're kind of I'm going to read an excerpt from this book and then we're going to shift gears. But. Um, we just talked about mothers and sons and, and mothers and daughters and different things like that. Mm -hmm. So now, um, just a question to the mothers. Mom, I'm going to start with you. What, this is just observations that you guys have noticed um, in older children versus younger children. Because it came up earlier um, about how like the younger child, like it's different. You know, when you have your oldest child versus your youngest child. And I, in my opinion, Akilah, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't worry. Um, the, <laughs> the younger child he gets, away with more. gets away with more than the oldest. I can contest. Mm -hmm. So, Mom, how do you how do you feel about that? Um, what is your response to that? And even just if you notice it within, like, your siblings. Like, because I know we have some older siblings. We have some younger siblings. Only children, different things like that. So, what is your response to? And why do you think is the reasoning that it's a little, not going to say harder, but it's different in the a parent's relationship with their older children versus the younger ones. Uh, when the case of you and Samina, she was the first, the oldest. Mm -hmm. She set the tone and example for the rest of y'all to follow. So it was important that, you know, the example that she set was strong. Mm -hmm. That's number one. She the oldest. More responsibility is on her to make sure Everybody that come behind her is secure. Mm -hmm. That's never going to change. Mm -hmm. Never. Never going to change. But how parents go about facilitating that will make the difference. Mm -hmm. She never hated being the oldest. Mm -hmm. She understood that it was a responsibility. And I think that was part of the motivation for her. When she went up there and got on academic probation at Howard that one semester, she was like, oh, my God. Her brothers and sisters were a part of that thing to get her back in line saying, mm. not only that my mama gonna kill me, <laughs> but okay. killing them are looking at me. Mm -hmm. Then when it came to you, you were my oldest son. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Second oldest. 
So there were things that you had to do as my oldest son, mm -hmm. seeing your sister's example, and then being the male, you protecting the family. Mm -hmm. Even though your dad was there, you had to go check the house that night, make sure the doors was locked. Now I wouldn't check behind you. You said that. You know, like this certain thing. You was the male. You know, but how you introduce that to them makes them not. Yeah. They can eat. It was, you know, like, no, it's okay. You got to, you, you, you know what I'm saying? I need you to kill this role, son. You the older son, I need you to kill. You was my right. You was more my right hand man than Samina was, even though she was the oldest. Mm -hmm. I've depended and leaned more mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. So, making you all comfortable in whatever that role is. They say the middle child, I, I didn't want Keila to have middle child syndrome. Mm -hmm. But she did, but Keila, she didn't want Sammy to be bone. <laughs> She wanted to be the last one. Mm -hmm. I still don't consider myself the middle child. Yeah. yeah I am just the, the baby, baby girl. girl. Girl, right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. You was the middle child, but you know what I'm saying? She's the baby girl. So No, I'm the middle child. But you are my baby girl. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I wanted her. But she the baby girl and then he the baby. It's just certain things that you just don't have to deal with based on your order in the family. Mm -hmm. But the way that the mom or the family facilitates that order can make so much of prime effect yeah. on how you receive it. If it's thrown out there in the raggedy way, it's going to be received from the child. Then they're going to have a whole complex about it. They didn't have to do the... We know Keely the baby and we know they the baby and they spoil. But they're spoiled. But they're <laughs> decent. But they're trained. Yeah. But they're... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you spoil. Yeah. But guess what? Your book going to college. You know, right. like that is not, yeah. I don't care where you at in the family, there's certain things you're gonna do regardless. So, you have to make them feel comfortable and facilitating that. And and I think how the parent, um, how the parent demonstrates that, mm -hmm. you know, you ain't better because you, and, no, all y'all yeah, the same, yeah, yeah. you know, like I don't love more, more than I love the other. When it's your time to support you, we all jumping on. We gonna support right, you on right. that. When your turn is coming, we, you know, like that's nothing. That's not negotiable mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm. So, but just making them feel comfortable, whatever their place is. When Keila was eighteen, went to the gas station one day. I said, "Boo, pump the gas." She was like, "My mama, I pump gas." <laughs> <laughs> like for real, for at real? eighteen. <laughs> you know why she ain't had two? Because her, bro her brothers always did it. She had two brothers. She got pump gas for. <laughs> she got pump no gas. You know, like just okay. stuff like that. Like that, because when we go to who, they jumping out the car. It pisses me off. Men sitting in the car and the women jumps. I, that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. I take it personal. Nick, go get your butt off the car and pump the gas <laughs> because my sons. Uh -uh. So it was hard for me when I met Lee because. I was the youngest girl. Most of my brothers, they did do a lot for and me. And a girl. But we were all very independent. Mm -hmm. So whatever they did, I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So if my mom was telling them to pump the gas, I was like, oh, I want to pump the gas. You know, so when he came along and he was like, I'm going to pump your gas, I was like, I don't need you to pump my gas. <laughs> I got this, you know. But but going back to what Cherry said, because I had my kids young, there was no, you're the oldest, you're the youngest. We all finna do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm gonna show you how to sweep this floor. I'm gonna show you how to, we about to wash these yeah. dishes. Like, we gotta do this together because we, it's, it was us. That was it. So, they never had a you're the oldest. These are your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. This is your responsibilities this week, your responsibilities this week, and it was just split. 
Like there was no distinction in who was older and who wasn't. Nobody in this room was younger than me when I had my first child. How how were you when you had your first? Fifteen. Fifteen. And I was sixteen. Fifteen. And you were sixteen. Okay, I definitely didn't know either one of those facts. Mm -hmm. When I was when I was sixteen, when I had Rasan, and um, I didn't know how to be no mom. I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't want to. But I'm not even gonna lie. I did not. I wanted to get an abortion, um, but I was too young. Mm -hmm. Um, you had to be eighteen. I was scared to tell my mom. Mm -hmm. And. The dad at the time, you still stupid. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh no, you know, my family's going to be there for you, blah, yeah. say, blah. It was BS, because he wasn't. Uh, he went to jail. When Rasan, he didn't see Rasan until he was like one year old, because he was in jail. Uh, when he got out, he went back to jail. For some reason, I got pregnant with Ayana. Don't, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we'll leave that in the back, you know. Um, but after that, after Ayana came along and I just saw that he wasn't mm -hmm. trying, I was completely done with him. It was like, you just ain't it. This ain't what I want from my life. I can't stand Columbia for the rest of my life. This is like, this is what you want, but this ain't what I want. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't want that. So, um, but going back to the question, I, I was young mm -hmm. and it was just us. So whatever I did, they did. Whatever they did, I did. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a who was older, who wasn't. It was like you said, we were growing up together. So, mm -hmm. you know, I had to learn how to be a mom. Mm -hmm. Like my mom was a great mother, but there's some things that she did that I didn't. Like yeah. I wish it wasn't like that. Like I should not have been scared to tell her I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Why was I scared? Because yeah. we never talked about yeah. sex. Mm -hmm. Never talked about sex. That ain't no. nothing. My mother told me I was pregnant. I never knew having intercourse, you would become pregnant. You talking about dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and my mother made me the mother I became. Mm. <laughs> no, that's that hurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's <laughs> Just having fun. You tell me I'm gonna have a baby? No. It, it hurt. I didn't want to have fun like that. I did. It hurt. Yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, eventually. <laughs> but initially, it was painful. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, you want that on the podcast? Real uncut. Okay. <laughs> he But that is a good segue um, into like, you know, just as we get ready to close with the last few just shifting gears to talking about the difference between sharing information and knowledge across generations. I want to read an excerpt from this book that I just read called Emotional Purity um, by Heather Paulson. And she talks about um, finding this chapter that it comes from is about finding good um, and finding finding good guidance. Excuse me. And um, she talks about past generations and mixing generations and in the book she says um that guidance prevents emotional intimacy and allows for young people to build a strong relationship um she says that um older men are instructed to teach younger men to be sensible um examples of good deeds pure in doctrine dignified and sound in speech younger women are taught to love their husbands love their children and be sensible pure kind workers at home and subject to the husband so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Older men and women of the church 
should teach these godly should teach these godly qualities. Um, and she was basically referencing. Um, she also referenced um, Grandeville Hall's book, in which he said that each generation should be superior to the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, but now most I don't people, see that right now, exactly. But she also said in the book how most people believe they can gain more insight from their peers than from their old-fashioned parents right. or grandparents, right. quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And sadly, a lot of us have bought into these ideas. Yep. So we look to our peers yes. and not our parents for spiritual mm-hmm. growth and emotional guidance. That's well, see, part of that is, my, and this is going back to me t- saying that I talk to my mom about everything. Mm-hmm. But she does not talk about her hurt. Mm. That, yeah, she right does. There. She does yeah. not right talk about her yeah. hurt. Right like, I can tell. Like even in going into my aunt's funeral last weekend, I knew she was in pain. Mm. She did not cry. Not in front of me. Mm. I know she cried because mm. I heard her. Mm. But she did not cry in front of me, and I'm, and I find myself now being older, realizing that I didn't cry in front of my kids i tried to hide my crying like i didn't let them see that i was hurting Mm because i did i needed to be strong for For them Mm -hmm. so i didn't cry in front of them until i just couldn't go anymore and i was just like i need y'all to stop doing what you know it was some Mm -hmm. something happened Mm -hmm. and i just like broke down and they were like oh my god mom what are you doing like it's not you i'm just you know it's like they never seen me cry so it was so they wanted to make Mm -hmm. me feel better but and even now, like, I find myself hiding myself. Yeah. Why am I hiding? Well, who I'm hiding from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you do yourself I cry. Yeah, I cry. You know, like, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, I'm going to tell, like, I want to be more vocal with my kids about what I went through, the things that I did. I tell them, like, uh, your mama done been to jail before. Don't. I did that. Right. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So you need to watch who you're going with. Mm-hmm. And I say, like, this is why I went to jail. This is what happened. I was with somebody who did some dumb stuff, didn't tell me. I went because they went. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, you need to be... Just talk to your kids. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Is you, don't got, show your you have to talk to your kids. That, that's, that's really why <laughs> I'm a generation Xer. But Mm -hmm. the millennials struggle with parental advice for that very reason. Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes the conversation is what you need to do, how you need to do it, and what the celebratory moments are. Mm -hmm. But we are never taught or we never get to hear the struggle and how you overcame and get to see it. So then you get this, this, you know, Generation Z who they get one problem and it's the end of the world. It is. It's because they've never witnessed it. That you never told them that, you know, the lights got cut off once and we had to sit in the dark and here's how I overcame. We got to hear both. I showed y'all, did the- <laughs> You hear both. You did. Uh, <laughs> but that's a good point. Like, how important is it um, to share with your children? Everything. Um, you know? I, I think it's really important. I think as a parent, you do have to find a happy medium yes. because you can't tell them everything. You yeah. know, you have to shield them from something. Uh, but I do believe it is very important for them to understand. You know, if I'm going to tell you no, if you're going to ask me a question, you're going to ask me for something, and I tell you no. Don't just say because I, I said because so. I, yeah, Why? I feel Why like did you say that? You have to explain to them. And I know we come from a, I come from a mom like, I said no. Why? Why would it never have come out of my mouth? Right, because you would get popped. You know what I mean? Because we would have got popped. Like, pop, man, I'd be sitting there with no teeth. Right. But Addison can be like, TT will say no, and 
Well, why, T.T.? And I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at her like, excuse me? But then T.T. explained. And in my mind, for a long time, I didn't understand it. Yes. But then I started to realize you have to tell them why. Because then they start to understand, like, okay, maybe not this time, but the why is maybe later. Or this is why we will never go down that road. You know, the why explains it, and the why is... The no and then the why kind of just gives them leeway to understand what your thought process is as a parent. Mm -hmm. And then they can start to realize maybe that's not a question I need to ask or maybe I don't need to ask for that. Or whatever the situation may be, maybe they'll understand how to turn from that particular thing because now they know the why behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to present this idea that that I want y'all to comment on. Just just, just me spitballing here. Um, You may agree, you may disagree. I just want to hear your opinion. I feel like some of the reasons why, one reason why parents don't share some things is um, they try to say, we may try to say we're protecting or shielding our kids, but sometimes I think there's a degree of pride there. Absolutely. Um, and just how much does it take to be humble and to have humility to be able to do that? Because I know there have been times where, um, like, I feel like parents don't like to feel like they're being the child and the kid is being yes. the parent. Because there have been times, even, like, I don't have any kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where I've told Sebastian Edison something simple, like, Sebastian holds my hand when we walk. And I, t- I told him, like, look both ways before crossing the street. Why? So you don't get hit by a car. Right. And there's been times where you walking out the store, and I'm finna walk, and he's like, oh, right. you ain't look. Right. <laughs> hey, well, you mean, right. I know. So, right. You know, but just the fact that, okay, he's younger than me, but he's reminding me of mm-hmm. what I already told him. Mm-hmm. So, um. That's good. There's I pride and there's shame. shame. I encourage yeah. it from, from my kids. Ayana doesn't always do it because she doesn't want to hear my response. Rasan will do it. He don't care. He's going to say, look, Mike, I feel like you should have did da da da. Maybe you should do it this way. And he doesn't care what my response is going to be. He's still going to say it, but she won't because she like, I ain't trying to hear all that. Like if I say this, then I'm going to hear this and I ain't trying to hear all that. So she doesn't. Mm-hmm. I told you, those two. speak up he will have that conversation and I'm okay with that because as long as you can do it respectful mm-hmm. I'm gonna be respectful with you and I'm I've come from a place where they tell you to respect your elders I'm gonna respect my elders as much as they gonna respect me mm-hmm. period I, I I just I can't do that and that was something that my mom taught me because of her background but that's like a whole nother podcast okay <laughs> um, not in a bad way though but I respect my elders as much as they respect me. Mm-hmm. I've always taught my kids to be respectful, and I expect you to respect me regardless if I'm your mom or not. Just be respectful to different people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't get that from the girl because... Yes, you did. You don't know it, but you did. I think, I think for some people it is pride, but I also think that it's guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. So it's it's difficult sometimes for multiple generations to share their experiences of pain or things that they've overcome because they still haven't necessarily healed from the experience themselves. So to share it just brings the pain back. Mm -hmm. But the thing of it is, is we need to hear that. Yes. You know, the generational curses were broken on the cross, but the patterns are still there. Mm -hmm. And if you never share your story, you never share your experiences of how you failed and you didn't make it and it wasn't good and it was painful then we internalize those same patterns and go through the same thing and the same thing. And we keep praying, oh, break the generational curse. 
But you just sharing your testimony is what helps us break the generational curse yeah. and mm-hmm. destroys the pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and good. I, um, that's powerful. I think that even like, and, and that's, that's biblical. That's what it refers to when it talks about strongholds that have to be pulled down. And that's what we don't have in the family. The biblical side of this. Oh, I got that. I got Bible. No, no, no. You do. (laughs) Most of the world does Mm -hmm. not have that. Yeah, Yeah, because. I mean, we came out of the uh, Hellfire and Brimstone Church. Mm -hmm. They didn't teach us the love of God. Mm -hmm. Even when you're messing up. I didn't know that until 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And if I'm 73 now, and I've really been searching since for the last 40 years, what didn't I not know? Mm-hmm. And I was in church every day. And one thing I noticed, like just about church, even this, this even comes up biblically. Um, in Genesis, it talks about what Abraham, Isaac, and their sons. Mm-hmm. They made the same mistake in mm-hmm. Egypt in mm-hmm. saying that their wife was their sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet if they would have shared that with their children, their offspring, I would have went to Egypt and did the same thing my right, daddy did because right. I know he did it, and mm-hmm. this would happen as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So like, it's gonna repeat, and I think one way it stops from repeating. Or you at least give, you know, the people that come after you, even if they're not your children, just someone that comes after you, yeah. a fighting chance yeah. is to give them the knowledge that you have, whether it's something you've acquired mm-hmm. from somebody else, whether it's your own experience. But I just feel like that should be shared, especially from from parent to child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting ready to close. Um I just want to give each and each one of y'all the floor. Um, I'm actually gonna start with Akila to just and then go work all the way back up to my mom. No, she I'm said good. she ain't got nothing else, so she threw. So we're gonna work all the way up to my mom. Um, just any any observations, any advice you could give, anything that you've learned um, or that you want to share, just from your experience as a woman, thing. So before you start, boom, I want to put this question out there. This is part of the answer. We discussed this. This is us. This is going to be us. We got more graduations. We got weddings. We got births. How do we, as a collective, support each other as women in the family going forward? I want something specific that we can do. To support each other as women going forward. As women going forward. Go ahead, boo. Um, well, I think something that we can do going forward is just having a more open line of communication because I feel like there's been like one of the most valuable moments for me being in college was when I called my mom and I was like knowing that she wants me to be great in everything can put pressure and make it seem like oh I can't have a bad day or things like that Mm -hmm. but being able to call and talk to my mom and say (coughs) I'm having a bad day Mm -hmm. that's it and just have her say and that is all right Mm -hmm. I think having that from the family is very valuable Mm -hmm. and that's something we should do more going forward Mm -hmm. like share when you're having a bad day because you don't have okay. to go in details. Right. right. Because it is okay. Right. Okay. Um, it's me. Yeah. Um, for me, honesty. Mm-hmm. Kind of piggybacking off of what uh, Keila said, you know, <clears throat> being able to say, you know, 
being able to have that open line of communication and when that communication line is open, being able to be honest about it and not only being honest, but not being judgmental about it. So you can have that conversation, that communication is open. And if I'm telling you how I'm feeling, you're not bashing me for feeling that way. You're not, um, you're not downing me for having a feeling or- Even if you don't understand or agree. Even if, right. Mm -hmm. You know, just, some, just being there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all right, have your bad day. Don't try to convince me right. that I should be right. this way. Yeah. yeah, don't don't undermine my feelings. Mm -hmm. If I'm telling you I feel this way, I'm giving you my honest opinion on how I'm right. feeling. Right. I'm not asking you, A, how do you feel about it? I'm telling you how I'm feeling about that particular situation. So don't come to me. If I'm telling you that, I don't want you to tell me, don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not... I think you and I, me and Titi had a really, really good conversation and she validated my feelings without making me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. So I think being able to be open, be honest, and just that having it and being able to do it without, and then, and having that conversation and that conversation not leaving. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else know, you be like, well, dang, I just sat down and had this conversation. Well, you know, if it's a conversation that we're having amongst the family, that's one thing. But if I'm having a conversation with you, that conversation, being able to be with you and mm -hmm. me not worried about who mm -hmm. else is getting out to. Mm -hmm. uh, who's the next? Um, I would say um, to increase the level of celebration. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've just in this weekend heard different people's story and these gifts and all these talents that we have. Um, but I don't know how much we're celebrating that so that people can rise to the next level and whatever that is. Okay. Jim? Oh, for me, because of the type of person I am, it would be more of the um, just reaching out. Mm -hmm. um, when I feel whatever, I'm not the type to reach out and ask for help. Mm -hmm. But if you offer it, I would accept. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So just putting yourself in a position like, hey, do you need anything? Do you, you know, not to say it has to be money or anything, just a listening ear. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, like you said, celebrating an accomplishment, whatever that is. Like, just being there for each other, whatever that consists of. But being the one to just say, you were on my mind. Like, I texted to you like, hey, I thought about you today. Hey, I just want to say, hey, I ain't want nothing. Just want to say, hey, you know what I mean? Just that. That's, that's all I would for me it's uh, being intentional about um, making sure the relationship on a day-to-day -day maybe you know uh, is is um, is strengthened mm -hmm. because for me I don't necessarily want uh, someone to show up and celebrate me for whatever I have accomplished, if you really not celebrate me any other time, that's, that's that means good. nothing. Yeah, so save it, you know. And so for me, I think is for us as women, we need to be intentional about, like Jenna said, being supportive of one another mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. making sure that we are maintaining and it's it's genuine and that we are um, doing it for 
everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because I, what I notice is that there's pockets of, mm-hmm. you know, clicks and clicks mm-hmm. and clicks and clicks. And so there's maybe this click getting support, this click not. And that's just not with the women. That's just within the family, family period. period right? yeah. mm-hmm. So the celebration to me, you know, when we accomplish things, I would rather people who are celebrating me genuinely every day of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, versus when I've accomplished something, to just show up and be like, oh, okay, well, celebration, you know. But, right. you know, mm-hmm. I think that's more important than mm-hmm. being, you know, celebrating, you know, you mm-hmm. when you accomplish something. Just being intentional about being loving mm-hmm. and celebrating someone every day. Well. Mm. What's the question again? <laughs> you posed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you, 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 how can I guess for me right now, I just need everybody to understand that I'm really, really sensitive and raw. So right now, that's why I'm talking on the phone to people. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure what you're going to get. And then what I'm going to give you, I'm not sure you can handle it. Mm-hmm. So if you text me, I'll text you back. But conversations are hard for me, you know, just talking. Because everything to me brings me back to Samina's not here. Mm-hmm. We're having this Samina's not here. Celebrating the kill, Samina's not here. Mm-hmm. So I need y'all to know and understand and respect me being able to grieve or mourn my daughter in the way that I feel I need to and not try to put what you think I should be doing on me. So when you don't allow me to do that, then I'm not talking to you at all. Mm-hmm. So I need y'all to know that. Because mm-hmm. I need to be able to do it the way I And if you can't understand it or if you offend it, then I, I just can't talk to you at all, text or otherwise. So I need the space and the freedom. And don't let me apologize if I have done that. And it's probably going to happen again. But I need you all to understand that. So I'm those anyways, support. Well, you know what? I need to go with you on what what you did with my sister, but that's a private conversation, and no, you don't. We don't need to have that conversation. Well, you want me to text you? No, because we had the conversation prior to, and you did not respect my boundary and did it anyway. So answer the question that your grandson opposed. To you at you the one to put the question on the table. Well, answer the question. I'm texting you. Um. <laughs> 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 Tell me shit. Don't take me. Edit that. I'm sorry, sweetie. Oh, now y'all know what I'm saying. We got to do it. No, he waited till she got here, folks. She knew he knew what we were going to do. But I will. I will pose this question, and then we'll we'll close. Um, I know I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm not a woman, but just from what can I do, or even a message that I can relate to, like, other men in the family, what can we do? You know, Samuel's here, Mr. Jerome's in there, like, what can we do as men to help support y'all women? Because even from this conversation, we've seen that, you guys are the post that you guys are strong. You guys are the rocks that keep this family together. You guys are the prophets in your home that speak into your children. Different things like that. How can we as men help make that 
that role a little easier, that, you know, that post a little bit more bearable, make that life easier? What can I do specifically or we do as men to help the women in the family and help the family just progress? Lee and I just had this conversation. <laughs> uh, for me, because most of my life I felt like I had to be strong, like I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I want... Mm -hmm. I would want him to, and he is. Don't get me wrong, and I and I I understand now that part of that was me not allowing him to do that. Um, that was something I had to learn. Mm -hmm. But that's what I want. Like yeah. I don't always want to be strong. I don't always mm -hmm. want to figure out how this, that, and the third yeah. is going to get done. I just want to mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, babe, I took care of that. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Like, that's what I want. Like, mm -hmm. I want, that's what I want. Okay. Like, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. it is, yeah. It's exhausting trying to be strong all the time. Mm -hmm. That is just exhausting. And I'm, I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it weighs so heavily. It does. Um, Mentally. It's a, it's a mental strain out of this world mm -hmm. to feel like you have to be mm -hmm. the strong one and I'm not saying I have no problem you know I don't think any of us have a problem being the strong one but right. sometimes we just don't want to have we don't to be want there. to like I want to be able to be vulnerable exactly. in that moment yes. or wherever that moment is and not be judged mm -hmm. for being vulnerable I don't mm -hmm. oh you're being a girl you know th mm -hmm. that that stereotype oh that's that's what a woman would do I don't want that. I want to be able to say, yes, I've been strong for X. Now, now go ahead and take this. Yeah. Take this from me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to. And stop expecting it. Mm. Stop assuming that, oh, Jenna's going to take care of this. Mm -hmm. Oh, mom's going to take care mm -hmm. of this. Like, no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I've come to the place now where you ask me to do something. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I don't care if I can. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I have the time. Ideal. I'm not doing it. As long as you're on this planet, you I, got to carry it. I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you now. Well, I, well, that's fine. <laughs> you put down I'm what you want to put down, but as long as you're breathing and living on this planet, I mean, you have the choice mm -hmm. to do it or not. Right. But it ain't going to stop coming. And that's what I'm saying. How can we make it to where that's just more bearable? And the thing I'm getting is just, you know. Stepping up and doing it, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. taking Without care of things. Without having to be asked to do it, mm -hmm. yeah. that's the thing. I think we have to start first with just, like right now it's a, mostly a rally of the women and we've shared things and got things out. I think the men have to rally separately from us mm -hmm. to get their things out and I then agree. have a conversation around, okay, now how can I, you know, undergird the women of the family? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, in a way, I partially... Um, feel like part of the reason why things are the way they are is because the men have not, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. done their due diligence yep. enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, not Consistent. say consistently, consistently enough. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I know I want to do differently. And my family, mm -hmm. when I, whenever I have my family and my relationship with my significant others and the way that I treat my siblings and the way that I look after my own mom, um, just being able to take it all in and make sure that I'm doing things differently because I want to see different. Right. You know? different result, yeah. And I want to be able to help those that come after me have more and have different and go past where I went, you know. So, but yeah, um, if anybody else, all hearts and minds are clear. Um, you pray us out? Yeah, I just want to thank all of y'all for being on um, and sharing. I know it might have been uncomfortable for some of y'all. 
Um, but yeah, so um, I hope you guys learned something from this today. I hope it, it definitely opened a lot of doors for more conversations that I know I want to have. Um, hopefully you guys listened and, and learned something and have questions that you can take back to your own family. Um, just a shout out to all the women, um, especially singling you guys out, all the strong black queens out there. Um, if you related to anything that you heard today, um, just know that we as a family are praying for you. Um, we're, we're cheering you on, um, that you're not alone, that you're not the only one that feels this way. Um, I'm sitting amongst women that have made it and are actively making it, and you can do the same. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for listening. I know this was a lengthy one today, <laughs> um, but I also hope that um, it was very fruitful for all of you that listened. So um, without further ado, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna pray us out. So yeah, and then uh, we gonna be it. Um, so, all is about, um, dear Heavenly Father, um, I just want to say thank you first and thank foremost. Thank you, Lord. Um, thank you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to fellowship, God. Just thank you for um, aligning our steps, God, and allowing us to come together as a family, God. For your word says, when two or three gathered, that you were in the midst, God. So I thank you, God, that you manifested your presence in this yes. room today, God. As we were able to talk about family, God, and how to love one another, God, and how to move each other forward, God. God, I pray that you just continue to strengthen each and every woman, God, in this room, God. Each and every listener, God, under the sound of my voice, God, so that we may go back, God, and be the light, God, in dark situations, God. Be the light, God, in our family, God. Be the light, God, in broken relationships, God. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you give us the wisdom to be able to bring priest God and I pray God for the spirit of reconciliation yes, that Lord. it falls under every person God that listens to this podcast God I just pray God that family units be strengthened God that mothers be strengthened God that women be strengthened God that sisters be strengthened God that sons be strengthened God that fathers be strengthened God and that you just give us newfound knowledge God and yes, out of that Lord. knowledge God we apply it God for wisdom God and that you just equip us with the tools God to be able to take our families further God and that you just redeem God every situation God that they're not greed God fruit God that you would like to see, God, and just help us, God, come back, God, come back to the, your presence, God, come back to have a heart like you, God, and just change, God, the narrative of, of our lives, God, change the narrative yes. of our families, God. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for sending your son, God, so that we may be redeemed, God, and come back to you, God, and live, God, life more abundantly as you would have us, God. So we thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for what you've done, and we thank you for what you're going to do in the future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 That being said, thank y'all for tuning in. You got um, that on the CD, that prayer? <laughs> I got a couple more. Um, but y'all go against the grain this week. That's it for this one. See y'all on the next episode. On the next one. I don't know. Right. <laughs>